I don't know what to say. It's like this. What up? You did better than me, Brian. Can't hear you. Oh, I've got everyone muted. That's what's going on. Can you, let me ask you a question. Can you guys unmute yourselves? Yes, we can. Oh, okay. Good to know. All right. We just had ourselves on mute. For some reason, I don't, I don't see having any control over that whatsoever in this meeting, so it could get wild. Oops. <laughs> I want to introduce Brian inspired. Brian, you inspired Anthony. There we go. All right, I'll go get my jacket. <laughs> Yay. Me. Go. Hi, Kim. Hi, Trudy and Brian. Oh, Hello. You guys nice. <laughs> Larry, how are you, sir? Hi, Larry. Hi, Crystal. Oh. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. He was inspired by Brian's jacket. <laughs> Yeah, perfect game handle. Suit and tie for Jesus. There we go. <laughs> it looks great. You guys look wonderful. Happy yeah. Easter, everybody. Happy yes. Easter. Happy Easter. I'm sorry, but you just don't have to take me as a Hello. It's all right. <laughs> I love it. I love that everyone's so early. Everyone's early. Everyone's ready. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Larry. Hey, Brian. Yes? I thought you didn't do ties. I don't. I Special do. occasion. What was that? Special occasion, my friend. Okay. Where those two happen? Parker, you're finally dressed. Yeah. Took me all morning. Are you logged into your account or mine? Mine. Hi, Andrea and Michael. Mm -hmm. Wrong names. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> There's Andrea. Andrea. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to unmute everyone. So if you guys want to talk, you can talk right now. Hi. Hey. Hi, Andrea. Hi. 
I'm Rose. Hi, Rose. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Trudy. How are you? I'm okay. Good. Michelle. Uh, Max. Max, hey. Hey, hi. Victoria. Hi, Max. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I love this. Come on, Chuck. 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 Mm -hmm. I can. Hello. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's eating their breakfast on this call. You can mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drinking my coffee. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's you, Andrea. I think it's somebody else. <laughs> that I with a dog. Not gonna name any. <laughs> but there is definitely some chewing happening. It's a dog. <laughs> or a dog, yeah. Could could have been a dog. I but no, no more no more comment. <laughs> Hey Trudy. Yes. I I tried to get Noreen the number and she said she's having trouble getting into the meeting. Uh-oh. Everyone needs a password, so just make sure um, <laughs> that she gets the password. Because they've changed security on the on Zoom now. Can you tell me what that is and I'll just text it to her real quick? Zero eight eight five seven nine. <laughs> I just forgot. 088. Anyway, how is everybody? We haven't seen you guys in forever. <laughs> good. We're good. Oh, I think she's walking. Rose oh, is walking. Yeah. Rose is walking. In Alaska. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was like, where is it? Nowhere. <laughs> We've got one, two, three. <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> Larry, I'll be right back. Okay. I had to put a sports coat on. Oh, nice. <laughs> he was impressed, I guess, after he saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Or Parker, or Anthony, maybe. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Woo! <laughs> Good, Larry. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Can you tell how many people? <laughs> Everybody. Honestly, that, I like your sport coat. Everybody that has um, the Ferguson's number, just go ahead and text them. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Not joking, do it. Everyone <laughs> You're starting Easter. The resurrection is going to be late because of you. Chance, <laughs> 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 high chance. Probably going to go to the bathroom or more. Oh, no. 
Kristen, Mark first. Taylor's on now. Oh, where? I saw her somewhere. Hello. Oh, there you are. Okay. We'll get started and let. I'm gonna walk like this. Um. All right. I'm gonna just start with prayer, and then Fergs, you ready to jump into worship? Yes. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Holly Mickelson, <laughs> the background's is killing me. I have... <laughs> We just thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for who you are. God, we uh, we come before you right now and thank you for your presence, even though over distance. Um, we thank you that you would speedily um, heal people who are sick right now and you'd um, speedily heal this nation so we can all get together again really, really soon. Um, because I think everyone's just kind of over Zoom right now. And I think everyone's ready to move on. <laughs> so got it. And, um, that the country just starts to reopen and reopen well. And um, God, I just thank you for resurrection. Um, that uh, God, we just, we thank you for all your people that are meeting today, um, that your Holy Spirit would just fill them with power and life and love um, and remind them that they are a resurrection people. Amen. 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 All right, guys, go ahead. Yeah. You are unmuted by host. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Oh, that's right. I'm the only one off mute. Um, if looking up lyrics for you would be helpful, we're going to be singing um, Oh, Praise the Name by Hillsong. Great Are You, Lord, and You Are Beautiful by Phil Wickham. So if that helps you to look along the lyrics, go ahead and, and look that up. Um, but let's just pop right into worship, guys, because today is a day to just pop right into worship. Am I right or am I right? Yes. Okay. God, today we celebrate your name, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The risen King. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. That you are alive, that you have conquered death. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and just wherever you are right now, let's just start throwing up Thanksgiving right now. Yeah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, may it fill your Jesus, hearts. May thank you fill that you your, us life. Thank you that you provided for us. Thank you, thank you that you protected us. Thank you that you, you speak to us, that you give us hope, Father. May you keep our marriage, marriage unified. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in neighbors' lives right now. Thank you for families being restored right now. There's no fear of death because of what you've done, Jesus. Thank you. Cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds 
His hands, His feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid Him down in Joseph's tomb, the entrance sealed. Thy heavy stone, Messiah still, and all alone. I praise the name of the Lord our God. I'll praise His name forevermore, for endless days. We will sing your praise, O Lord, O Lord our God. And on that third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again, O trampled death. Where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Hallelujah, Jesus! Praise the name of the Lord our God. I'll praise His name forevermore, For Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, our God. 
God, we thank you. There are no words for what you've done. We can't, we can't say thank you enough. There isn't a word. And so we give you our entire beings. We give you ourselves. We praise you and we glorify you. We thank you that you, you didn't leave us to die. You didn't, you didn't let us take the things that we are justified rightly to be destroyed and killed in. But God, you took that on and you saved us. And we transfix our eyes, our gaze at you. And we, 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 God, would you help us? Help us stay so focused on you. Help us see you, that we, your glory would come, that your Holy Spirit would move through our families, that it would move through our neighborhoods, because the power of Christ has victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Your breath in our love, so we pour out our breath. 
will cry, these bones will sing. Oh, 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 oh. 
from Salt Church Chicago. Um, we just wanted to chat a little bit about generosity um, and what giving looks like at Salt Churches. Um, so at Salt Church Chicago, we like to give in three different, or it's in Salt Churches in general. We like to give in three different ways. We also like to use hand motions to explain the three ways that we do it. 
Um, so the first one, the first way to give is to give up, which is giving to the storehouse or like general tithing. Um, we believe that we give 10% for general tithing because that's what the Bible says. Um, and the second way to give is to give in, which is giving within the SALT community and within the local body. So whether you're in Chicago or Colorado Springs, it's just giving to the actual um, local body when there's a pressing need. And then... Yeah, the third one um, is giving out. So there we go. <laughs> You're about to give a hug. Um, this is for anybody who may not be a part of the, uh, um, I guess, thought community anywhere. Um, for us in Chicago, we call it Uncle Joe. Um, so if you have an Uncle Joe who needs something, we come together as a church and we pray and we determine what we're going to give, who's going to give, um, and yeah, how we're going to do it's it. Basically, just anyone outside the actual salt community that has a pressing need. So, as far as generosity, if you have a pressing need right now, please feel free to share that in the chat. Um, and also, let's just be generous because that's what Jesus would love. <laughs> I just just a quick note on that too. I just had an idea. That was really yeah. good, guys. Um, <laughs> you can private message um, any of the leaders from your your region and your area. So you don't need to necessarily blast everyone unless it's a big need. Then go ahead and throw it up. That's totally fine. Um, but if you do know of a need or if you have a need um, and you want to um, let your local body know, just go ahead and message. I'm the leaders of a local church. Cool. So uh, Bob and Mavis Green, Huntington Beach, um, the Germans um, in Colorado Springs, um, the Wajias in <laughs> Chicago, and um, here in Costa Mesa, it's Taylor, Taylor and Joe. So cool. just so you, guys, you guys know who to reach out to um, via private massaging. Sound good? <laughs> cool. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everybody. We're so glad to be here with you and honored to uh, present to you uh, communion of what it means to us as a, as a family and as a church. And uh, Mavis is going to share out of Mark 14, 22 through 26. Then I'm going to share a follow-up with Acts 2, 42 through 47. So start off with Mavis. And here's my beautiful wife, Mavis. And uh, she's going to share. What I love about this passage is that Jesus is sharing with people the very last time he eats or takes anything into his body. He's sharing it with his believers, with the disciples. And basically he's going to die. And they're like understanding that this is his body and his blood after the fact, but he's telling them, this is what's going to happen. But now as believers, we're not feasting on a crucified Jesus, but on the substance of the glory of the resurrected Christ. So we're feeding on the kingdom. We're feeding on what he presented that night. He literally served his body to them. He literally served his blood to them. And they received it into themselves. And he still serves us, his body and his blood. But now in the kingdom... That is the redemption. There were three cups that they took that night. During the meal, they'd already taken the one that is, I will take you out of slavery. I will take you out of your old life. 
and I will save you was the second cup. I will save you from everything that has broken you and hurt you. And then the third cup is I will redeem you. And that's the cup he drank with them. He's saying, it's time. I'm going to redeem you. And then I won't drink again until I go into my kingdom. And his kingdom is the nation he's made us as Christians. So we're drinking together in that kingdom. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and read, starting with verse 22. As they ate, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said to them, receive this. It is my body. So I would like you to take your bread. If you haven't broken it already, break it and take the body in the name of Jesus. After he'd taken the cup, after he'd taken the body, then they took the cup of wine and gave praises to the Father. He declared the new covenant with them. Can you imagine? Like, he declared the new covenant. I, I kind of miss these little stages. Like, he was just, you know, had bread, and they all understood what was going on, but he declared the kingdom. And after he had done that, he said, as each one drank from the cup, he said, this is my body, which seals the new covenant poured out for many. I tell you in truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day comes when we drink it together in the kingdom realm of my father. So I don't know if that means heaven or if that means now. We are in the kingdom realm of his father. Now we drink this new cup. So please take and drink the cup. Thank you, mate. You had turn with me to uh, Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47. And um, what I'm really excited about is that uh, Mavis and I have been looking for um, something for our whole life. And one of the things, one of the dreams we have is to do what we're doing now and just realize that God never forgets us. And he's always with us no matter where we go. And this is a good blueprint for us to follow and of more and more realizing that uh, we as a body here are doing these things. So um, this is Acts 2 verse 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing com communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone as the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. I can't see. There was tears in my eyes there. Out of uh, generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praises of God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily, those who were coming to life. So 
Lord, we want this as a blueprint for our life. We're so honored to be a part of your community, Lord, that you've created for us here. And we love you very much. And we give our lives to you totally, as mm -hmm. much as we know how right now. And Lord, break those things down that we need to do to be closer to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you all. Amen. That was great. Could just about wrap it up right there. That was excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, just want to say um, happy Easter to everybody. Um, happy Easter to everyone. And I'm just, uh, I'm really excited to um, bring a message or um, talk or all the things. Um, Jesse, um, babe, if you can like, uh, un I can't find you on here. Oh, there you are. I'm going to unmute you on here. Um, cause I'm going to speak. Um, but Jess, if there's anything like as we go along, um, and you want to like jump in and, um, pray or jump in and, um, fill in gaps where I I'm teaching, that'd be great. And then, um, at the end of, at the end of my message, um, at the end of my message, um, um, you just, you can unmute yourself, babe. Um, Jess is going to, um, offer an invitation to, um, follow Jesus as well. So, um, this is always like a, a weird one because, um, I think we should be preaching the resurrection all year round. Um, and I think, um, we should be living in the resurrection all year round and thinking about the resurrection all year round. And, um, what I really love to do is I don't assume anything and I'm, I'm trying not to assume anything with people where they've been raised or, um, what they've been taught. But, um, I think, um, we're just going to take a quick walk, um, as quick as I possibly can, <laughs> through what the gospel actually looks like and what the gospel actually is from, from start to finish, um, like at blazing speed. Um, and I think it's a gospel that um, has too often been missed in our context and a gospel that um, many times um, not just gets softened, but parts get removed that, um, that make it hard for us to celebrate. And I think one of the main reasons that it's hard for us to celebrate so many times is because um, Jesus died on the cross, right, to take the punishment for our sins, but he rose from the dead um, so that um, we would be absolutely free from sin completely. So if you really think about it, we're not just free from the consequences of sin, we're free from sin itself. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but the resurrection is the exclamation point on the whole thing. Um, and I think I think the reality is that so many of us um, are looking at um, are looking at the gospel in a way that makes it hard for us to celebrate. So what I'm going to do um, really quick is um, Jess said she could hop on and give you the gospel in two minutes, and then I'm going to give you the um, teaching gift version um, over a, <laughs> probably more like 20 minutes would be my guess. So Jesse's going to hop on right now. Hey, I'm coming in the office really quick. <laughs> Sorry. We're mobile. 
Here we are. Um, you have to meet. There you go. <laughs> okay. This is not true. Yeah, hang on. Okay. Is yours on? Yes. Okay. So I think the easiest way to share the gospel and one of the things that we talk a lot about salt is just using the Bible. <laughs> and so um, I love to read 1 Corinthians um, 15, 1 through 8. And I think it's the clearest and most simple way to share the gospel out of the words of Paul, who's like one of the best church planters in all of history. So if you want to go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. And a lot of times, and we teach this all the time at SALT and at conferences and workshops and stuff, but um, a lot of times people try to add in other things to what the gospel is. So if you ask someone, like, what is the gospel? And they say, like, Jesus doesn't want you to be lonely or, like, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Like, those are all really great things that are all true. Um, Jesus does heal the sick. He loves you but that's not the gospel. <laughs> so none of those things will actually save you. So here's what Paul says the gospel is. He says, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you. Our son just walked in. So sour. He says, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. So he's saying, this is the gospel I've already preached to you, and I'm reminding you of what you have agreed to already. By this gospel, you are saved. So this is what saves you. Nothing else, not Jesus taking away your loneliness, not him healing you. This is what saves you. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So number one, Christ died for our sins. So if you're sharing the gospel, the first part is that he died for your sins, which means you had sins, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And, on the, and the last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And so I just want to emphasize what's so important here is He's not just saying Jesus died and rose again. He's saying that he proved his resurrection by showing up to people that are literally living on right now as he's writing this letter. And so what's so important about that is that, like, if he just died on the cross for your sins, that doesn't really matter. He could just be a teacher or a prophet that could be a sacrifice. It's the fact that he rose again. Paul says in scripture, he says... Hear the ouchie? Okay, hold on. Paul says, he says, if the resurrection didn't happen, your faith is futile. It doesn't matter. 
And so I just want to encourage you, the fact that Good Friday happens is good, but the fact that the resurrection is what happened is what changes everything for you. The fact that Jesus is actually alive. Um, and so I'm going to pass it back to Parker. <laughs> um, but you can literally just memorize that scripture. And when you want to share the gospel, like you don't have to add anything else to it. You don't need to have a teaching gift. You don't need to talk a lot or anything like that. Um, if you don't know what to say, use Paul's words. Like he knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's saying. Don't overcomplicate it. And it, that is what the gospel is. And that is what gives people the power to be saved. So there you go. You don't really need to teach much more after that. Both got it all covered. <laughs> Come on, Evie. All right. So um, thanks, Jess. That was awesome. Um, so uh, obviously one of our favorite passages of scripture is that uh, passage from Corinthians about um, what the gospel is. And I think Paul the Apostle does an excellent job of laying out the gospel and it matures as you read it throughout the, um, um, throughout his, um, what I want to focus on today um, is, is really the whole story arc of why the gospel um, is here and why it gives us reason to celebrate and what has changed because of the gospel. Like Jesus came back from the dead. So now what, right? So what do we do with that? Or what do we do with that historical fact? Because I think a lot of people in our world and in our context go, yeah, Jesus died for me. Like, what does that even mean? Jesus came back from the dead. Okay. Um, even if someone believes in magic, um, like, <laughs> like how, like, how does that actually affect my daily life? What does that actually look like uh, for me? So starting at the very front end of the Bible, you see Adam and Eve, right? Everyone pretty much, even people that don't know Jesus or haven't read the Bible, know the story of Adam and Eve, right? So you see Adam and Eve in a perfect garden. You see them in paradise. You see them um, living in a place um, that is uh, close to God, first of all, um, and their job is to tend the garden. And then Adam and Eve fall, and they're cursed. And she's cursed with pain in childbirth. Um, she's cursed with um, desiring her husband, um, but he's ruling over her as opposed to them working together and, and, and cultivating the land together. He's ruling over her. And then you see Adam, who's cursed with working by the sweat of his brow and still pulling up thorns and thistles. So if you look around the world today, you look at the problems that men and women generally face in their daily lives, and it's related directly back to those two things. If you look at those two things over and over and over again, you see men overworking themselves, pulling the plow, right? From the sweat of their brow, they're trying to produce a life that they used to have in the garden. They know something has been lost, right? And when it comes to women, they know some kind of companionship, some kind of closeness has been lost. So it's a reaching, it's a grabbing for that relationship through their husband, which they can't have, or through a man, which they can't have, they can only have through Christ. So you see that continual cycle happening over and over and over again in our world. And then you see God's plan begin. And how does God's plan actually begin, right? It started with a family, right? Adam and Eve. He says, be fruitful and multiply, right? 
Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth, right? Rule the earth for me on my behalf. And when you talk about people being made in God's image, think about um, a coin, right? And think more appropriately, like think about a coin you'd get in Canada or Australia that would have Queen Elizabeth's picture on it, right? What that tells you is that's where the queen is in charge, right? If you look around the world today, you see people, right? God's image. What does God see as valuable? People. So he's telling you by human beings multiplying in the earth that that's where his rule and reign exists. He's showing people by putting his image in a living being that that's where his rule exists. So you see family at the beginning, and that family was supposed to multiply, subdue, and subdue the earth. And then you move on, and God starts after the fall. You see it just descend and descend into chaos. It goes, gets to Noah, and even Noah, after the whole world is saved on, on the ark, and all the animals are saved on the ark, right? He gets off, and the first thing he does is plants, plants a vineyard and gets drunk, and curses one of his sons. So you start to see the whole thing fall apart all over again, right? But God promises not to destroy the earth. And then the next thing you see um, really is Abraham step into the picture. Now, Abraham, if you didn't know this already, was probably an idolater. Like Abraham likely worshiped local gods. And then you see God, our God, show up and pull him out and say, leave, you're coming with me. And God, again, starts the whole thing with family. So his plan keeps injecting family. He's like, I want my family back. I want my family back. I want my family back. So you see Abraham step into family, right? By faith, he believes that he's going to have a son, and he does in his old age. So he has an impossible son, right? And then God, after he has that impossible son, to go to the top of a mountain and sacrifice that boy. That's an insane ask, right? And these two have a covenant together, remember? So Abraham and God have a covenant together. So he goes to the top of a mountain, and he's about to sacrifice his son, and God tells him not to, which is different from every other ancient Near East God, stopping a, a human sacrifice. But what takes place here is something really, really interesting that foreshadows the future. What's going to happen in the future is that God is going to sacrifice his own son, so if you look at the story of Abraham and his son, the story of Abraham and Isaac, when he takes his son to sacrifice, and when God asks him to do that, by covenant, God has to sacrifice his own son because they're in covenant together, because they equally carry the weight of the covenant. So you see God in that moment take the weight of the entire covenant of Abraham, and all Abraham has to do is have faith in God. So all Abraham has to do in that time is have faith in God. And then you see the people of Israel start to start to grow through Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob and his multiple sons that become the leaders or the, the, um, <laughs> the heads of the, new, of the tribes of Israel. And then they go to Egypt where Joseph was locked up. I'm running this really, really quickly. <laughs> and, and they multiply into the millions, right? And then they're put into slavery or bondage by the, by the Egyptians because they've grown too fast. They're, they're too powerful. They're accumulating too much wealth. So God, in his goodness, after 400 years, delivers them from the Egyptians. And he destroys and challenges every single Egyptian god through each plague. 
So God is tearing down all the gods of Egypt through every single plague, and he delivers them. And he see them get delivered um, through Passover, which we just celebrated, the blood of the lamb over the top of the doorpost, right? And in the Bible, it says you have to roast the whole lamb. So take the whole lamb, roast the whole thing, and eat the whole thing. And if you can't eat the whole thing, you share it with your neighbors. So it's a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ sacrifice and us sharing that sacrifice because there's more than enough Jesus to go around. There's more room at the table. And Jesus is saying, inviting more people through family to that table. So you see this thread starting to get louder and louder and louder. And then you see, again, the people of Israel get the law, right? So they try and live up to the law over and over and over again. They fail, right? And you just see, like, essentially, all the way through the kings and through the prophets, you just see this cycle, this cycle of failure, of them trying to reach for the law, failing again, losing the law, failing again, trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. But you see it again and again and again, see them fail. And we see these prototypes of what a savior could actually be when you see the promise made to David. When God says, I am going to essentially bless the whole world through Abraham, he then doubles down on that promise through David and says, I am going to bless the whole world through what David has done. I'm going to put a king on the throne from David, right? And he's going to rule and reign forever. So they're like, okay, what, like, what is that going to look like? And then you just see kings after David fail over and over and over and over and over again. So it's this family of God, right? That God has to continually rescue and continually rescue, continually rescue. And it's, it's sad, right? Because you have this, this cycle that you're watching and you don't just see the people of Israel each and every one of us sees that cycle in our own lives. And you're like, come on, Israel needs a savior. Israel needs a savior. Israel needs Messiah. Israel needs a Messiah. And then you, if you really dial it down, because you keep reading it, you're like, man, these people are really stupid, right? <laughs> these people keep screwing it up, right? So the reality is you go, um, you go through the entire scripture and you can see yourself reflected in it. You can see the people of Israel continuing to screw up and it just kind of quietly descends into chaos and they get kicked out of their own country. Many of the tribes disappear and are destroyed. And then over time they end up coming back to Israel and, and settling there, building a, a temple again and building up the whole model again. And then you have these years of silence and then Jesus shows up. And now what in the world were they expecting? The Jews were absolutely and totally and completely expecting. Completely expecting a different type of Messiah, right? So they're expecting a military leader. They're expecting someone to take over the whole thing, and kick out the Romans. But what they get is something completely different. What they get is Jesus, the Son of God, living alongside people, living alongside people on a daily basis. And for 30 years, he's almost completely quiet. And for many of the carpenter quietly self and taking orders from a man, right? 
and taking orders from his mom and dad and living from his mom and dad. And when you see the life of Jesus, when he actually ends up stepping into his ministry, he does something completely different. He starts to announce that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that actually mean? It means that the kingdom of heaven is right here, that the kingdom of heaven is available, that the kingdom of heaven is right in front of you, that I am, in so many words, Jesus is saying, I am the kingdom of heaven. And what is the kingdom of heaven, right? What gives us reason to celebrate why Jesus came? What gives us reason to, to be excited that he showed up? What gives us reason to, to celebrate the resurrection today? The fact is Jesus came and he says all this cycle, this cycle of sin, this cycle of over and over and over, it's time for it to stop. It's time for the cycle of sin to stop. It's time now um, I've done that multiple times. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to, you have to change your settings. What's wrong with it? You know, they, you just, we'll talk about later. Here we go. Okay. So what you see um, in Jesus actually coming is you see the, the family of God being restored, but restored under new leadership, restored under Jesus Christ. You see a brand new family. You see love as the main principle and the main pillar of this family. And how can you say like, okay, the answer is love or loving one another. And Jesus tells them in John multiple times at the end of John, love one another, love one another. As I've loved you, so you go and love one another. That is the mainstay principle of the family of God, of the new family of God. Now, what is Easter really all about? It's about the love of a father sending his son because he promised to do, do so through a thousands of year old story to redeem a brand new people through a brand new Adam. So we have a completely brand new people that are heavenly, that are, that are a, a kingdom people. So we're separate and different from everyone. And that's why you see, um, that's why you see in scripture when Paul the apostle says we're traveling through this earth. We're not a part of this earth. We're something different. We live on this earth, but we're not really a part of it. We're ambassadors of Christ. And that's why when you see power, signs, and wonders, and miracles, especially the wonder and the miracle of supernatural love for one another. I mean, how many people on this call would like not even be here or talking to each other if it weren't for if it weren't for the main central focus of who is and under that new Adam, he gives us that same exact command that he gave Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, share me with others, go out and share me with others. Why? Because there's a new opportunity for people not to just be free from the consequences of their sin, but to be free from the cycle of sin, from the cycle of brokenness, from the cycle of depression, from the cycle of of the lives that we live that are hopeless and sad. And we look around us today and man, what an opportunity in the midst of the gospel shine forth as a city on a hill. When we say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, how do we really show people that? We show our love for one another. That's what the difference really is. That's what the difference really is when they walk into a room and say, these people really love each other. These people really care for one another. This is a different kingdom than I've seen before. This is not based on power. This is not based on politics. What it's based on is getting below and washing each other's feet, metaphorically, physically, if the Lord leads us to do so. But in real life, 
loving one another in a way that is almost embarrassing to others on the outside where they know that it's supernatural and it's so different from what they've seen before. And Peter says it, and I don't know why we miss this so much, but he says the only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts. It is the only thing that counts. In the end, when we stand before the great white throne and Jesus actually judges us, what matters, what really matters is did we show a kingdom type of love to one another? Was it different than what the world has to offer? Did we love our enemies? Did we care for one another? Were we true disciples of Jesus in the fact that we were all rebelling against him and deserve of complete and total ruin? We are deser- all we deserved was going to hell. And he came anyways while we're still sinners and saved us. And that's our example for how we love one another. So um, I'm going to let Jesse finish up here. She's going to talk about what the gospel is and what that actually means um, for each each of us individually um, and offer um, Jesus to you guys, essentially. So I hope she's listening and on right now. Um, I'm going to pray for you, and then um, the Germans are going to finish this up, okay? Um, So if there's anyone on this call right now, you can uh, message us and do it publicly. Um, But I just want to offer you a chance to um, make a profession of faith and begin to follow Jesus today. So if you've walked away from God, if um, you need a restoration of family, if you need... um, you need that supernatural love. It all starts in the fountainhead of that love is really Jesus. Um, Jesus saved us. He saved me. I remember um, curled up in a ball, um, weeping um, and completely broken and not reaching out to God myself at all. But all of a sudden just feeling a peace in the room and I couldn't keep crying and I couldn't keep crying. I was about 19 or 20. And that's when I really got saved in the end. Jesus reached out and called me and saved me. And for some of you, you're feeling that right now. He's reaching out and he's calling you and he wants to save you from from what you're in the midst of right now, but save you from yourself and the sins that you keep committing that are sabotaging you and your future and your life and really your relationship with God, which is the only thing that matters. Jesus never promises that things are going to get easier. And outwardly, he doesn't promise that things are necessarily going to get better but he does promise that you'll be born again and born into a brand new family and be completely and totally loved and set free and forgiven. So if that's you, um, we'd love for you to just message us um, and message us in the side bar right there because God's here for you and he, um, he wants you to have a relationship with him and follow him. So we, all we have to do simply is repent of our past just to give you a little guidebook here, your past you've done against God and then begin to follow him and then tell two or three people about it and find a believer or reach out to one of these leaders um, that are on this call or anyone on this call for that matter um, and start to follow Jesus. That's it. That's all I got to say. Why don't you wrap us up?
Thank you. All right, thanks, Parker. Oh, hi, uh, everybody. <laughs> happy Easter. Let's just remember, great word, Parker. Thank you, Jesse. Um, fantastic. And just hallelujah, everyone. And what we want to close with just a uh, celebration. A celebration. And we want to raise a glass and we want to toast. If you have a glass, Jesus, use your communion cup. Yep. <laughs> Whatever you have, just grab it with you right now. And we just want to say to you, Lord of Lord, Kings of King of Kings, you are the Almighty, the Alpha, the Lord Omega. You have done it all for us, and we accept your saving grace right now today. We accept it by celebrating you today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord of Lords. You are amazing. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We toast to you. Oh. <clears throat> That was awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Well, love you all. And, um, oh, you don't want us to close in benediction or no? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I was just going to close quick with a quick prayer. And um, I just want to bless all of you today. So, Lord, as we come to the end of the close of this celebration of this beautiful man, Jesus, thank you doesn't seem appropriate, Lord, but our English language, we run out of words and it's really all we have to give you. That and our abandoned love. So today, Father, we pour out our abandoned love to you, receiving the love that you gave to us. And Lord, I just want to bless everybody on this call this morning. I just want to bless them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he turn his face toward you and give you peace mm -hmm. always and yes. forever. We honor you, Jesus. We love you. We adore you. And we thank you for technology that we could come together mm -hmm. in this broken world and gather as your children today and celebrate your resurrection, your dunamis power, Lord. We love you. Amen. Bye, everybody. Y'all say goodbye. Unmuted, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Happy Easter. Oh. Thank you, guys.